Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nakama Podcast. I'm your host, Cruz, and I'm here with my co-host. Sal. So one of the things that I checked out that surprisingly you didn't check out was the Miyoko of Sakata City, which is a geisha thing where this building houses nothing but geishas. And I'm talking about like some of these girls going there as soon as they're 18 and that's their career. Like they spend at least, I think they said three months learning how to tie the knot, how to put on the kimono, because their their kimonos and their knots are different than regular geishas. So it's like, oh, I think they live like in their own places, but it kind of seemed like you gave off the vibe like they kind of lived there at the same time, but yeah. I think it'd be very impractical. And it was really interesting just uh, to see how much practice they do just to do this little performance for tourists to, to stop by and check out. Like the hairstyle, <laughs> they're wearing wigs. Yeah. But it was interesting overall. I would, we're talking about going to Japan. So if this is anywhere nearby where we go, this is a place that I definitely want to go and check out because it's, it's, it's admirable to see so much work put into something so very mundane that it's just yeah. like, you have to respect that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's something that I definitely want to check out because we're talking about going like the end of next year. Yep. So I think that that's something we should throw on the itinerary. The anime production company Pony Canyon actually had a panel at Anime Expo where they talked about four different things that they're producing. One of them is a Taisho Otome fairy tale, which is about a rich kid who winds up being uh, crippled after an accident that also kills his mom. And uh, he's, his dad's still alive, but he's obviously distraught by the whole thing. And he sends this kid away for medical treatment. And because this kid, you know, he went through this horrible accident. He lost his mom. He's seen his dad sort of like spiral out. He starts to really hate the world around him until he meets a girl named Yuzuki, who he finds out was actually sent by his father to take care of him and to be his wife. That one's going to be coming out on Funimation this autumn. They also announced that they're doing a season three for Yuki Yuna is a Hero, I believe is currently on Funimation. That one uh, will premiere in October. They're also doing uh, a demo, the movie, which is called A Memorial Keys. Demo, I'm not sure if you're familiar, Sal, is like a music game. But as far as the movie goes, it's... I think I know which one it is. Yeah, it's about a little girl who falls from a tower and this mysterious character, Demo, who's a, a tall, lanky, almost like shadow-like creature, attempts to help her return home with the help of a peculiar tree that grows according to the notes played on a magical piano. As far as that one goes, we know that it's, quote, coming soon. We don't know when. They also announced a mecha anime called Ancient G's Frame, which they didn't really go into. I assume they're probably not close to being done yet they did say coming soon for that one as well i don't necessarily know how far they are into it but those are the four that they really talked about and i mean i'm down for demo and i'm down to check out that that teisho otome fairy tale because that one seems interesting the other two you know i gotta i gotta figure out what they're about first yeah going off of that there was a panel for the developers adapting kino kuni into River City Girls. And yeah. Kino Kuni is the base game that's like the main OG from Japan, which in America we got River City. River City Ransom. Yeah, Ransom. So the developers just you were going about how they were trying to make this game. River City Girls is a beat em up game, in case you don't know, that's out for most systems. Yeah, side scrolling beat em up and it fucks. Yeah, it's about these two girls 
who get their boyfriends kidnapped, which are the main characters, Kino Cooney, and I think it's one is named Kino and the other one's name is Ricky. And they get kidnapped, and these two girls have to go kick ass to save their boyfriends. Yeah. Which I remember Jacob told me that the original ending for that game, which they changed, was they were never their boyfriends. They just were obsessed with them, and they were like, we're your girlfriends, even though we're not. Yeah. Which I kind of liked more than the the ending. Because it's a little bit funnier. It's funnier. I prefer, but it is mean spirited. I prefer the one. Well, for me, it's it's a matter of like I prefer the one where you know they are just saving their boyfriends because like yeah, you know twists are fun, but I feel like in that case it just kind of feels like you kind of get the rug pulled out from under you. Where it's like oh well, then uh, retroactively kind of makes you feel like you know like eh." so. Um, they were talking about how they wanted to bridge the eastern gamers with the western gamers something as a melting pot to be like hey that looks like something i grew up with from both generations and they pulled it off really well like a lot of the japanese gamers really liked it the title for river city girls though in japan is extremely long i think it's like kinukuni's side story river city girls something like that so it lets people know in japan like this is a side thing this is not the next mainline game because for whatever reason, they're still going on with beat-em-ups over there. Like, apparently, it's still a... It's, a I mean, yeah, it's, it's a huge market. It's a thriving genre over there, which doesn't make any sense to me. But that goes to show you that even though we all like the same things, Japan and the most of the Western world do not like the same games. Yeah. And for another thing that I checked out, because clearly I pay more attention to the games, they brought up a panel for visual novels. A lot of things, that's a genre that I think most people don't think that I enjoy. I do like visual novels, but after watching this panel, it made me realize I only like the, the visual novels that are kind of fucked up, like When They Cry. Yeah. Or Dengaropa. The mystery stuff. The mystery horror stuff, because every game this panel was showing off is like, I would never play that game in my life. Like, Well, I mean, also, because I, I saw the panel as well, and weren't they like mostly arrow gays? Yeah. I don't like the fact that people found a loophole with having lolly characters being dragons. Like that that's the loophole they decided to go with where it's just like she only looks 14, but actually she's a thousand and twenty-one years old. I was actually hearing that complaint about the second season of Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Yeah, because um, the, the... that's that's the one property where I will say that excuse counts. And the reason why I say that is because when they introduce the, the short character with the big boobies, A, massive titties, so you know it's not supposed to be a kid. B you get told right off the bat, her main character, exact same age. So when I look at her, I think short stack. I don't think like lolly. I just think like, it's like a short stack is like a woman that's like five, four under with big old boobies. And that's just where my brain goes. Yeah. But the thing is the, the one that showed off where I started to really like that, that's the loophole they use yeah. is called uh, Slobberish Dragon Prince 2. Yeah. Slobbish. Slobbish. And there's a lot of these girls. It's like, you look like you're 13, 14. But that's the loophole because they're all dragons. And I know in Fire Emblem, a lot of their dragons also look very preteen, early teens. And it's like, oh, I'm actually 3,000 years old. Why are you calling me a kid? The, the premise about this game, it's a sequel, by the way, is 
dragons started coming into the human world and yeah. at first everyone's like what the fuck there's some dragon girls that i'm questioning if i should bang or not and then everything goes normal and then the, the reason for the sequel is more dragons came up but now they want to take the ocean back from the humans and now it's just like oh what am i gonna do now am i gonna yeah. have to bang them or not yeah actually i think that's what this one's about there's another one where it's the same premise but it's demons instead of dragons and they run like a bakery which yeah. I don't understand. That's the other stereotype where people think that big titty women can only live off like strawberry shortcake and cheesecake and like dessert food because that's all they eat in anime. And it's just like. I think it's just like a trying to make it cutesy thing. You know? I, I don't like it at all. You don't like go, I'm going to make a cutesy food scene and then be like, so they're eating uh, coleslaw. Yeah, coleslaw wouldn't be my choice. But like if they had like a soup, I'd be like, okay, that like, like I'm, or. Uh, pizza, any Italian I food. I, actually, Italian food I could see, yeah. Any Italian food would work to an extent. Just garlic bread. To an extent, Mexican food, you know? I, I don't feel like Mexican food is a big enough deal in Japan for them no. to consider that. But another one that came out from this visual novel is Quella, The Path of a Promise. And this is one that, to me, it seems like someone watched ex machina and i was like but what if it was an anime so it's about this super genius guy yeah who makes a robot that just happens to be wearing a maid outfit yep. and she's self-aware and she's like i'll be a maid for you and th they might fall in love maybe mm -hmm. you play your cards right and it's just like this is weird <laughs> she has big ass cities but this is weird it's still yeah. a robot it's like well you're just having sex with a sentient pocket pussy I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that. A lot of these are just very sexual. Like I said, I'm pretty sure they're all Aroges. Yeah, because, oh, this Which, is by the, the way, Aroga this, stands for erotic game, so. This is the one that I was talking about, Aromo Chocolate 2. This is the sequel where all, all these people are bunny people, not demons, my bad. They're bunny people or cat people, so they have the ears and the tail, and they just happen to work at a bakery, and you have to work with them and make desserts for, for people well to to contextualize that for you um i don't know if you're familiar with the property but the not the developers but the publishers for these games are also the same ones who published neko para that one it was a visual novel that i think it got an anime but it's just about cat girls the only that i believe also run a bakery the only game that I can think of that is similar to the vibe of these visual novels, because I, I clicked on it because it said visual novels, yeah. is Honey Pop. That's, that's the only thing Honey that Pop I, fucks. Because, like, I have some visual novels on my Switch, and some of them, like, I don't mind if they're, like, the school ones, like, oh, you have to choose between three girls, which one are you going to go for? Those ones are fine, because they do have some fan service. It's like, of course, we're at the beach, look at my skimpy outfit, which I'm yeah. okay with. Because most of it is still like, oh, shit, bro, I've got to choose between these three girls and I don't know which one I want to bang. It, it plays out like a romance anime. Yeah, which I don't have a problem with. But this one, apparently the the person who's making it seem like this is a this is a big deal. A lot of people on Steam were foaming from the mouth for this game called huh. Re-Lord 3, the Demon Lord and the Grossin in the final, which is that's the one with the demons. Yeah. So demons come in. They turned every high political person into a stuffed animal and the prince dude has to go save him which that's the only one that i don't understand why it was considered a visual novel because it kind of looked like it played out like fire emblem huh 
like the, with the grid combat. Yeah. And the thing is, you have to stop these three witches, which is the first two. These three witches took everything over. You got to fight them. But this one is the finale. So you get to see the fourth witch. Oh, wow. The secret fourth witch. Yeah, the secret fourth witch. And when you fight these witches, of course, their clothes start to come off as you're oh, fighting obviously. them. Obviously. Ha- have you never been in a fight before? <laughs> I guess not. I've never fought a dude and was like, damn, now I'm getting aroused because your shirt's off. Everybody knows you punch somebody enough and, and you get to 80% health, like their shirt tears. And you get to 50% health and it falls off. Yeah. That's so, just how it, that's physics. So from what I learned from this is I like visual novels, but when there's murder or a mystery or yeah. finding your true love before summer ends. <laughs> but this shit about fan service and which cat girl do I want to stick my wiener in? So what you're saying is when it's straight up porn, that's what you're not interested in. That's when I'm not interested. Yeah. And if any of these sound appealing to you, they're all on Steam. All on Steam, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure you didn't need me to tell you this because the fans know what they want. Yeah, clearly. Read Lord 3 was having people phone people from People were, were chomping at the bit yeah. for that one. I, I, don't, I don't know how I missed this hidden gem. I should build a computer after I was shitting on one just yeah. to play these games. Yeah, clearly you do. For the last thing that I watched was the... My anime list, they had their own panel talking about stuff that's coming out right now, that's out today, yep. that you can watch today. That means we're going to be going over this at some point. The lead administrator for the site, her name's, fuck, Olsen? Do you, do you need me to read Alicia? it for you? Do you need me? Let me read it for you, you illiterate fuck. Allison. Allison. Allison Canetta. No, that's just her name. Oh, okay. But it's, I don't know her last Allison. name. Allison. Allison. The lead administrator is Allison, and she got the community leader, Yumi, which I thought it was pretty funny. When she came on camera, she had a Attack on Titan mask on, but then you couldn't hear her, so she, yeah. she, she, she took it off. <laughs> but some of the animes that they were bringing up, these sound interesting. These ones we're not going to be going over because there are second and third seasons, which I believe you already mentioned these before, too. So there's no point in me bringing it up. But one that is out right now, which I thought you were talking about earlier, is called How a Realistic Hero Rebuilt the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. How a Realist Hero. Yeah. Yeah. Did you bring it up? No, right? No. Yeah. So this one is a light novel at first. It came out my birthday, July 4th. Yeah. And it's pretty much about this king bro gets sent to another world and he's like, you know, what? I had power and shit. I know what I'm doing, but we're not going to go on. Uh, grand adventures with harems and uh, sex dungeons. We're going to build this kingdom from the ground up using politics, establishing trade. You know, how you actually raise a kingdom instead of just, I'm going to go fight the big baddie and hope things work out for me at the end. Instead of being like, I'm going to kill the king and then become the king. Yeah, it's it's more like, all right, we need to find out who's reliable. We got to we got to make this town hall. We got to fix this. We got to find a river. We establish (laughs) ourselves near a river. Yeah, so it's a different take on an isekai, which I find interesting. So that's oh, actually yeah, sure. one that I'm looking forward to that I'm glad Allison and Yumi brought to my attention because I would have picked this. This from the cover, it looks like a generic isekai. It does. Yeah. Which I mean, if I would have picked it, I would have been like, fuck, here we go again. Mm-hmm. But after having them talk about it. It sounds interesting. Yeah. The next one they talked about is the detective is already dead. This is ooh, I've uh, been hearing such good things. Yeah, this one also started July fourth. It's a comedy. 
It's a mystery. It's a little bit of everything. I've heard it's got a solid S-class waifu in it. I got to figure that out for myself, though. But that's what Twitter's been saying. Yeah. So it's out. By the time you hear this, I believe they would be on episode three. So maybe by then we would might have watched this one. Yeah. Another one they brought up that does sound interesting is... Oh, I can't even pronounce this shit. Let me see. Idaten Deities and the Peaceful Generation. Yep. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember this one's about. (laughs) I would imagine deities in some form. Something about demons and fantasy semens. Okay. (laughs) I don't think I said that right. Right there up top. There we go. <laughs> that's that's the age group that's like directly above shonen. Oh, shit. So shonen's for like kids, seinen's for like young adults. After that, we have Remake Our Life, which is a comedy. It looks it looks wholesome. Oh. Oh. Hold on, wait. Remake Our Life. You know what? Yeah, that looks wholesome. Yeah. Like I know that you're you're saying that like ironically because of the clear booby shot no, in I meant this. It. I meant it. But like it genuinely yeah. from the 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 vibe of it seems like it's just gonna be like a wholesome anime. It look I again I'm gonna be honest, uh I was zoning out. I was <laughs> I was asleep for this part. As soon as they started talking about manga, that's when I was like, Oh shit, you got you got my attention now. God damn it, dude. All right. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) So the first manga they bring up is Jaya-sama. Won't be discouraged. Oh, yeah. We talked about that one. Yeah. So that was the first one they brought up. It gives me, don't mess with me, Miss Nagatoro. Nagatoro vibes. That's what people have been saying, yeah. Because the girl's a dark skin and demon girl. That manga is dropping August 1st, if you're interested. That one's a Jehi one, right? Yes. Okay. The next manga they bring up is the case study of Valentids. Something about vampires. But this is another manga that's starting... Oh, it's already out right now. July 3rd. You can find it at your... Local bookstore? No. I don't know where you can get manga. Honestly, at this point, probably your local bookstore. Manga, it sells really well. Yeah. If not, then, you know, Barnes & Noble sells manga. That's true. And Amazon. Amazon does a lot of manga. But that's just pretty much it for the anime list. They gave summaries of what was going to go on, but yeah. I, I, I can't remember. <laughs> I should have written things down. <laughs> well, moving on from uh, those manga, we did get three different panels from digital manga distributors. The first one was from Azuki. That's A-Z-U-K-I which is a newer digital manga service. It actually launched on the 1st of July, and it's on uh, iOS, Android, and web. They tout it as being, like, the first app that's, like, officially licensed manga for free. Uh, You don't even need an account. But, one, you should probably get an account. It's a free account, but you can bookmark your series and you can save your reading progress across devices. But you will wind up having to pay something. Because they have a premium membership that is $4.99 a month. And from the benefits they talked about, it was reading without ads, supporting creators, but also unlocking all the chapters. So I would assume that that means oh, that, man. that the first chapter is what will be free. And it, maybe for some older series. It might might be like Viz, because Viz lets you read uh, anime chapters or manga chapters for free, but it's just whatever they're showing at that point in time because it, i know one piece yeah i think it only goes back maybe like 50 chapters back uh-huh. up to current 
So if you wanted to be like, I want to watch it from, or I want to read from the beginning, don't go with Viz because you'd actually have to buy it, I believe, or go somewhere else to start reading it. Yeah, ASCII did release their roadmap saying that they're trying to add more to their search functions as well as their like list functions for iOS and Android and then allowing people to sort by genre and like use filters and stuff because it is a very new app apparently. The I know we search last functions year, are very minimal. We brought up Mangamo and that was one that I was really behind. Yeah. So these next ones that you're talking, I'm probably going to download them, pay the subscription to see what they're about cuz Mangum, you know, I'm, that's Mang- my plan too. Mangamo was really selling stuff like this is where you go to to read the manga and we'll get some of the underground shit so you can be like Eminem in the movie Eight Mile. But um, Mangamo really wasn't the thing for me. Well, yeah, and not just that, but like you didn't really hear much about it after a while. Yeah, like if once it finally launched an Android, like I even tweeted them a couple of times and be like, hey, you know, you said the Android version should be coming out. Any idea when? I think one time. They pretty much told me, like, it's out when it's out. Mm-hmm. And when it finally came out, the options were so limited that I was like, all right, I'm paying a subscription. What if I have two phones? What if I have a, a yeah. tablet and then a phone? And the two times I was like, hey, is there any way I can link my account? Because I don't want to pay $10 just to go to read it from my phone if I my phone's dead or in the other room. I'm like, all right, let me pull out the old tablet and pay another $5 just to do the yeah. same thing. So. You know, with ASIC, you do have the ability to just switch between different devices. So that is something that's built in. What they're saying right now is they have licenses for Kodansha, which those are the guys who do like Tokyo Avengers, Fire Force, Attack on Titan. They have 16 series from them that are simulpub, meaning that as they get new chapters in Japan, they take like a little while to translate, a couple of days, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then they come out here. They have their own translation team for that. And then they have 160 series that are available from the beginning. And yeah, chapter ones are free with ads, but it does seem like you will have to pay more to be able to access the rest of it. Again, like you were saying, it's something that I plan on doing for all of these, just so that way we can put out a proper review for these and tell you guys which ones we think are the the, the better option for your money. Yeah, for these... We'll give you the review maybe like a month or two after yeah. you're hearing this because we can't do it in a week because it's like, no. well, if they would, if they, there's some bugs and all this other shit. But Especially with not. something this new, yeah. Also, last thing, they also have Kaiken books, which uh, they only have four series from them so far, but they're a, a sort of a newer Japanese publisher. They tend to work on things that are a little bit more independent. Sal, you may be familiar with one of their titles, which is uh, My Dad is the Queen of All VTubers. No, what the fuck? You don't? You haven't seen that one? That no. one got fairly popular. It's about a kid who, like, he just, like, walks in on his dad in, like, his dad's office to see his dad, like, dancing in the middle of the room, basically. And on the screen, there's just this, like, cute little Japanese character that's doing it. And then he realizes, my dad is live streaming as a female VTuber and is apparently very popular. It's pretty fucking funny. The only one that I read that's similar to that is the one that I brought up a year ago almost at this point where it's... The live streaming house, right? Yeah, I I fell in love and I'm streaming it. Where yeah, it's, yeah. I, Actually, I started reading that one after you, you brought it up. That one's pretty good. Yeah, that one's the one that I read. But now, uh, my dad is queen of all VTubers. That one got quite a bit of attention and like... It is, as far as like the way it's compiled, a little bit remedial because it was built as a webcomic, as a webtoon. So when you look at it like on a page on its own, it is a little bit odd because it was just some dude. But it is very funny. They also have Gotcha Girls Core, which is about 
a dude who gets teleported into his favorite gacha game. And then they also have Uzumade and then the Yakuza Guide to Babysitting. Damn. However, those books are exclusive to premium members. So you can't read those for free with a free membership. Oh you need the $4.99 a month. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they did say that weekly chapter updates will be coming every Thursday. Uh, I don't think that that's for every single thing. Obviously, that'd be a lot. But I feel like it's meant more to be like there's new content every Thursday. Moving on from there, the next manga distributor is J Neville Club, which is also a fairly new distributor. Their thing is that they translate light novels and manga into English. They have two new imprints because they have their standard J novel one, which is their J novel club sort of regular light novels to English translations. But they have two new imprints. One is J novel Heart, which is focused on the shoujo stuff. So the stuff that's targeted for young girls versus young boys. But they also have J-Novel Pulp, which is a pulp novel imprint that focuses on German pulp novels, so not Japanese, which is a little bit odd. Yeah, you're looking at me <laughs> with a particular expression, and that's what I had when they yeah. announced it. It seems like an odd addition. So as we're talking about this, I'm looking up on the Google App Store because you have iOS and I have Android. And yeah. when you type in J-Novel, it just says early access. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's new. So for J Novel Club, they also have new chapters every week. They say that they're they're doing 40 plus ongoing series every week. So there will be more than 40 new chapters every week. They have over 800 volumes of light novels and manga. And then they actually, interesting, have 125 volumes in print. So physically. So they're also a physical publisher, not just a digital publisher. They did announce some manga coming to their uh, service. And the reason why this is a little bit of note is because these are not major ones. These are sort of independent that they work with. It's interesting because it follows that thing that we've talked about for a while about Isekai specifically. And they're incredibly, incredibly long titles that require no description after the fact because they are. Yeah. It's titles like A Late Start Tamer's Laid Back Life or Chillin' in Another World with Level 2 Super Cheat Powers or The Reincarnated Princess Spends Another Day Skipping Story Routes. What the fuck? So in other words, it's a lot of that kind of thing. It's a lot of like independent manga. And that's one of the things that sort of does attract me and makes me think that maybe I, I will actually pay the money to check these out because yeah. these are unlike with Azuki where, you know, a lot of what they're publishing is stuff you can find somewhere else. It seems like J-Novel is trying to do the same thing that Mangamo is trying to do, which is get the stuff that you can't get other places, mm. the independent stuff. The third one is Manga Planet, which is an online service for officially licensed manga as well. They don't have an app. They just have read.mangaplanet.com. Right now, they have 95 titles with over 200 volumes, and they actually have an imprint called Furikia, which is entirely about boys' love. So it's it's all like, you know, softcore gay romance stuff. Dudes humping dudes. Yep. Dudes humping dudes. For that, surprisingly, they have 285 titles. That's a lot of humpings. That's a lot, yeah. Now, uh, Manga Planet, uh, they also have a subscription mo uh, fee. I don't actually remember them ever saying what it was, though. I'd imagine probably around the same, maybe five bucks a month, but I yeah. don't quote me on that because we don't, it's not like we have a special code that we can provide you with, unfortunately. Unless not right now. Y'all can <laughs> change that. Yeah. But their thing is they have a flat monthly fee. That's what they said. They never said what it was to my knowledge. 
but that's what they said. And it supports publishers and artists. They do regular updates. You can like tag and filter things with them. And they also have original blog content, which means that basically they have their own like little news slash opinion slash, you know, editorial section on there. So you can actually like there's more to read besides the manga, essentially. Yeah, well, hopefully <coughs> all of these uh, manga distributors do well. Because as we were talking about this, I decided to look at Mangamo, and that is tanking on Android. I don't yeah. know how it is on iOS, but hopefully they can learn from these other mistakes that these other developers have made. Because the more places you can get manga, the better. Legally, like where you can yeah. support people, the better it is because... You know, that means, you know, who knows? Maybe one of these small timers is going to be the next Oda or the next the guy who made Berserk. One of these guys might make the next One Piece. It was Kintaro Mira. The next Fist of the North Star. So hopefully one of these people can get picked up and who knows? After One Piece ends, there might be a new guy around the block. It's like, well, I can't die yet until this story's over. Yeah. So moving on to the final section, which is the cosplay section. Yeah, they had two cosplay competitions this which year. Which it's very hard to talk about unless you physically see them. Yeah, it is. So we're just, I didn't watch the single one. I didn't know there was a single one. I watched the teams. Yeah. As far as like the cosplay competitions go for the singles, which was the AXL cosplay spotlight competition and spotlight spelled S-P-O-T-L-I-T-E to harken back to the Anime Expo Light title. It, they, they did several different categories. So it was a category based thing. It wasn't like, because I know with the doubles. It was all of them competing for one, yeah, one thing. This one was trip to Japan. Yeah, this one was a bunch of people who were competing for like a bunch of different awards. The first one was the uh, Match Your Mask Arrayed Award, which is uh, your because coronavirus, right? We gotta wear masks. So part of the competition was you cosplay somebody and then you make a mask for that character that fits their overall costume. And the winner of that one was uh, Sunkick Mooncake Cosplay, who dressed as Kashibe Rohan, which it, you that, remember that from sense. Thus Spoke Kashibe Rohan. Yeah, don't everybody say yeah. that's pretty, that makes sense. There, uh, there was also the uh, Arta Wigs Award for Best Wig Styling, which went to a cosplayer by the name of Sarah Gobra who did a sort of like a classical French style Bulbasaur. So think of like like those old poofy French dresses with the high hair, but mm -hmm. it was all sort of like themed around Bulbasaur. That's and, cool. Bulbasaur is the realist. Yeah, and that one made sense as far as best wig styling because like, y again, you have to know what they look like in order for you to understand what we're talking about. But she did have a very nice, very tall styled wig so that one made sense and then they also had the cosplay fabrics creativity award which went to luna lady of light cosplay for her cosplay of holy mommy for magi record they also had the judges awards so they had six judges however they had the the main host which was yaya han who is a very famous cosplayer she's probably the most well-known cosplayer but they had five guest judges that were all winners of cosplay awards in the past and so the judges award was five awards from each of these people. And so you had uh, Garnet Heart Cosplay who gave an award to uh, a cosplayer by the name of Rin Leah for uh, her cosplay of the Witch's Coatee armor 
from Final Fantasy XV. Hoku Props gave an award to Kailani Cosplayer for her Xenogre armor from Monster Hunter World. Hey. That one fucked. Like, I looked at that one and I was like, I would have picked that one. Xenogre armor. Any Monster Hunter armor that isn't just basic Kirin armor yeah. is always going to be good. That's one of the reasons I love Kamui Cosplay. She does, like, she's, yeah. and she's working on a new one. She's working on another Monster Hunter one. Yeah, so she, I've seen, I saw her Brigida. It's her Brigida one was fucking cool because it was like the Halloween one so yeah. it has like a face like a, it looks like more of Diablo than Overwatch well that's what it was it was a, it was a yeah. mash of the two yeah but and then you also had Mist Van Cosplay who gave their award to Cloud Cover Cosplay for their cosplay of Super Sailor Moon from Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon Amor Eternal the Musical and then there was Pantarona Cosplay who gave an award to Sarago Bra for the same cosplay, the Bulbasaur thing. And then Ashima, which is one half of Twin Cosplay, who gave their award to Mink the Seder Cosplay for their cosplay of Articuno from Pokemon. Nice. Yeah. And then they had a Best Beginner, a Best Intermediate, and a Best Master Award. Best Beginner went to Kashi Cosplay for Ray Blackwell. From Ikemen Revolution, they had their best intermediate award go to to Perler Tricks for their Samurai Darth Maul cosplay, which is based off of the Star Wars Bandai Tamashi Nations figures. And then their best masters went to a cosplay by the name of Ali for their cosplay from Fate Zero. All right. That was the singles. Again, this is hard to talk about since you actually need to see it. Yeah. But the doubles one isn't as long. And these were the cosplays. I do not know any of them other than Yashihine the cosplay some of these are just like I don't know who these people are but oh I knew most of these actually I knew all of these the, the first team up was the last minute cosplay yeah which is made up of two cosplayers Toma and Mew Sakura yep the next one is Karma Luna cosplay yes which is made up of Luna Lady of Light and Karmata cosplay uh-huh. the next one is Korga Corpse Corgi Corgi and that's made up of Rabbitine and Scissor Wizard cosplay. The next one is Initiative cosplay. Yep. Made up of Rana cosplay and Crimson Nova cosplay. The following one is Stella Rose. Yeah, Rose. Stella Rose, which is uh, made Rose. up of Chibi Tifa and Barracuda cosplay. From the Nest cosplay. That was the twins. Other than them, this being a team effort, it was also a video effort. So yes. Not only did these people have to make the cosplay, but they put on a skit or they reenacted a scene that they were doing for the anime they were cosplaying. Yeah, and, and they were actually partially ju- one of the judges was a cosplay photographer. Yeah. And I think part it of was it a, was I think his name was the Princess is Another Castle, something like that. Something like that. But yeah, one of the, the things was the skit, the video that you put together, how good you were at sort of bringing the world that you made your costume from to life which is one thing that we can't talk about because you, you still need to see it but the fact that you have to think about not only do they have to make the cosplay but now they have to rehearse what they're gonna do and yeah. then make sure everything fits on the screen the way they want it to be so you went from a two-person job to maybe a three to four four to yeah. five person job just for your little thing a minute and a half to video this and it's only you know whoever checked this out i believe is the only people are gonna check it out i don't think they're putting these vods in Anywhere else. Yeah, I think so. I think that's yeah, that's pretty much it. The winners overall is Stella Rose. Yeah, Stella Rose, Chibi Tifa, and Barracuda Cosplay. Which who... I agree. Out of all of them, the red dress is what what really brought it to yeah. me. Was yeah, the fact that the I know most of the time this doesn't matter, 
But the, the reason that the red dress stand out so well is the cosplayer is an African-American. Yeah, the cosplayer is black. And the... You're talking about the, color contrast. Here. Yeah, the, yeah. The red really pops and it just makes you look at her, which yeah. is like, that's the point of the video. You know, their, their whole thing is the cosplay in video production yeah the, the contrast of the skin tone to the it, red it, it is, definitely helps with uh, helps a lot yeah. like it makes visual you, interest yeah out of all of them there, that was the one that i could if you were like all right which one do you think won i'd be like it's this one clearly yeah as soon as i saw it because uh, they did uh cosplays from revolutionary girl utina barracuda cosplay did utina tenjo which is the main character but the one that you're referring to chibitifa she cosplayed anthe which is the one in the red dress. Mm. And that one was, and also from like a technical perspective, the judges said that it was a very well put together costume. Personally, I couldn't tell because for me, the video was yeah, playing uh, in like a lot of the video. 720p. Yeah. So I took their word <laughs> took their word for it. Yeah. But, you know, if five, six cosplayers get together and they say, this looks good because of this thing and they can reach a consensus then you know what? They're the experts. I'll, I'll let them go with it. I'm not going to. Yeah. But not just that. Like, even though the low quality, that red. Heck you can of, still. Yeah. Yeah. The red really pops out against the skin tone, which is something that I know is a real thing. And it's not us just talking out of our ass because I'm pretty dark. Yeah. And whenever I wear lighter clothes, everyone's like, oh, that shirt looks nice on you. And it's just like, yes, yeah, it's, it's because I'm so dark that it, it looks brighter. It's the reason why, like, orange and yellow aren't very good colors on, like, a lot of people, but you throw it on a Hispanic woman and it's like, damn, that pops. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a black girl. And it's just like, damn. Yeah. I mean, it's the reason why like fucking formal suits are black and white. Yeah. So things pop out. Mm. So you stand out. So like, you know, it's color theory and all that shit. Yeah. But overall, these cosplays are good. This cosplay thing is still not my thing. Yeah. Cosplay is more my thing than yours. Yeah. But overall, it was cool to watch. A lot of their cosplays were handmade. And yeah. that's the part that I did enjoy. One of one of the things that I will say was impressive about one of the other cosplayers, groups rather, CorgiCore, was that one of the girls, Rabbitine, did three different characters for their skit. Yeah. And instead of, oh, okay, I'm going to cosplay one. I'm going to get out. We're going to do another shot where I come in a different cosplay. And then another shot where I come in a different cosplay. Instead, she, uh, Scissor Wizard cosplay, played Violet Evergarden, but Rabbitine did Gilbert, Benedict, and Catalia and made her costume essentially like a Russian nesting doll of costumes. Yeah. So she could just quick change like, mm -hmm. and continue the skit in one go, which I thought was a pretty interesting thing. And before I saw Stella Rose, I was like, oh, it's probably them that won. And then I saw Stella Rose and then I was like, okay, never mind. It's this one. Yeah. But overall, AX had a lot of information. I, to me, it honestly feels like it might have been a little bit too much. Honestly, yeah. In trying to get all the uh, information down on paper for us to talk about here, I got to the point where I was like kind of tired of it. Yeah. I was just kind of like, you know what? I'm a little sick of this. Yeah, I, it's a little I, too much. I definitely feel like these uh, video formats are nice if you can't go to them in person, but it's one of the few times where it's just like, that's a little bit too much. Yeah. However, I will say, I do hope that even going forward from here, you know, when now that we're, things are opening up and we can actually start going to conventions in person, I do hope that even those in-person conventions have some form of this kind of thing for the people yeah. that can't go, because... A, I mean, I that's feel... that's a 
that's a good way for them to bring in even more money, even yeah. if they're just like, here's ten, fifteen dollars. Yeah, I was about ticket. to say like, I think they saw how much money money they made, and that's like not even getting a a fucking building to rent out. Like, yeah, I think yeah, this video format's gonna stay here forever now. Yeah. I highly doubt they're gonna unless it's like a really small up and coming convention. I don't. That'd be the only reason I wouldn't see. Yeah, but at this point, it would feel weird if like. Anime Expo, Fanime Crunchyroll didn't do some sort of video yeah. aspect of it. A, it feels like it makes business sense. And then B, it does allow for more people to sort of talk together and, and be a part of like a weird little community. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why they might still not go all the way is E3's been slowly doing that. Where yeah. it's more digital and digital. And I think it's more for the fact that some of these companies do not want to rent out the building. They don't want us to pay like, oh, fuck that. I'm just going to make my own thing with blackjack yeah. and hookers. Where I, I hope and these anime conventions, it slowly doesn't start to go that way. It's just like, you know what? It's safer. It's easier. We're just going to stick to the video format. Because if that's the case, then that's going to be real shitty for everyone. I don't think that would happen with these for the sole purpose of like, yes, this is all stuff that's very, very popular. And yes, it's gaining mainstream attention, but properties are getting mainstream attention. Companies aren't. Yeah. Like you and I were talking about before we came in here. You didn't know who Good Smile Company was a year ago. I didn't know who Good Smile Company was two months ago. Yeah. And then I'm now realizing that they are the biggest manufacturer and distributor for those anime figurines I see everywhere. I mm. knew what the anime figurines were. I didn't know the company behind them. Yeah. And it's the same thing with, I'm sure, 90% of, you know, the, the casual audience for something like Demon Slayer or Jujutsu Kaisen can't name what, you know, company made them. That's true. So I feel like for a while, these companies will have to. Whereas like here, you don't necessarily have to do that because like a fucking Spider-Man movie comes out and you're like, it's Marvel property. I know that. They don't need to show it's up in Sony person. property. It's both. Yeah, but Sony has the rights to Spider-Man. I'm talking about the character. The yeah. character is a Marvel character. Mm -hmm. It's just the movie rights are with Sony. Yeah. But like they can show up online because everybody fucking knows who they are. And not just who the character is, but what the company is about. Yeah. Same thing with DC. Same thing with like Disney, most major movie production companies in the United States. They can step away because they don't need that one-on-one -on -one engagement with the audience before the audience will, will pay attention to who they are. Whereas a lot of these Japanese companies, they still need it. And they likely will need it for a very long time. Yeah. But that's the end of the episode. You can check yeah. us out at Nakama Pod. Uh, that's the Instagram. We have Nakama Podcast on Twitter. We have a, a TikTok a YouTube video. We recorded a unboxing. So follow yeah. us on Instagram to see it. And it'll be on YouTube as well. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be on TikTok as well. If you don't want to remember all of these little bits, you can just go to NakamaPod.com. We have all our own right. website. But, but until uh, next time, thank you thank guys you. for stopping bye. by.